all the agency owners listening to the podcast, you chose a good business model and it's resilient in tough times if you develop edge and have good clients and are able to work with them. But being able to go back to the business foundations and the one-on-one of like, what does good margin look like? What is accurate capacity? Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. We've put together an agency accelerator package for agency owners and growing freelancers looking to scale. We've got all kinds of free resources like the 39 lead gen strategies checklist, our $20,000 website proposal template, live trainings hosted by yours truly, free access to our community group, and much, much more. Get access now and dive in at yougurus.com forward slash agency. That's yougurus.com forward slash agency. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners? Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And today we are hanging out with the founders of Dark Room. We've got Lucas and Jackson on the call with us. Lucas is the co-founder and chief executive officer. He currently oversees global strategic initiatives for the agency. He's personally worked with clients like Crate and Barrel, Olipop, Necessaire, Dwayne Johnson, and many more. Jackson is also co-founder and chief creative officer. He oversees all creative efforts for client leadership and internal ventures. Welcome to the program, guys. Thank you, Brad. Yeah, great, great to be, be here. On. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Uh, so, Lucas, let's start with you. So, Dark Room, why'd you guys start the agency? What was what was the uh, the catalyst? Yeah, I think if I take us six, almost six years back now, I think a lot of the the impetus was just around you know, wanting to, to, to make money and, and, and make our skills useful. Jackson and I both had a string of startups and businesses before Darkroom that led us to actually working together. And at a certain point with, you know, my last company, we were working with a digital development shop, an agency that was taking Jackson's UI designs and, you know, developing them for a fee. And at a certain point, I think we were just like, why are we not just doing this ourselves? His work was of a caliber that was far superior. And, you know, we wanted to monetize. Uh, so we started consulting. A couple of our, of our first clients were actually user interface and experience businesses, student startups, you know, nothing very glamorous. I think our first client, we actually invoiced like $800 for a UI. It was good work, but. You know, I think <laughs> we were still figuring out exactly what we were doing. Um, you know, we had a string of initial clients, and uh, Jackson actually ended up bringing in a referral, which turned out to be Dwayne, John- Dwayne Johnson's management production company. At the time, they were working through their consumer products division, which ended up being, you know, Terramana Tequila, Zoa Energy, Project Rock a variety of the other consumer products that are in their portfolio now. And I think from there, we, we were like, you know, we, this, this makes a lot of sense. We had experience in consumer. So we started focusing on it. But we really started the agency out of, you know, wanting to make cool things, wanting to make money, um, and also just being good at, at digital and 
you know, Jackson really being good at, at design. That's kind of where it started. Yeah. So, so, so Jackson, you wanted a, a larger piece of the pie in terms of your, uh, your contributions to some of these brands you guys have been able to work with. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. For sure. I mean, I think it's an important point, though. I think, I guess your listeners are trying to scale their agencies or maybe just starting off. And, you know, I don't regret under severely undercharging our first clients. We didn't know our own worth, but it was kind of a blessing in disguise because, you know, you need to get started somewhere and you just kind of build, you, you, you know, you build the, the agency by kind of stacking and, and scaling your price. Um, with every new project. So, so yeah. And then, and then it's all about who, you know, so, you know, making sure you're keeping a super robust network and staying in contact with those folks and making sure they know that making sure they know what you do and what you provide. That's how we got that, those first major contracts. So a lot of good lessons in there. Yeah. To to add to that too, I think the development of the agency, you know, over the last five and a half years, we've gone through like different phases, you know, when we first started out, it was just about getting reps, you know, getting work under the belt, like establishing some sort of cash flow book of business. And then, you know, we were strategic and we're like, okay, we need to go after logos now and build up the portfolio so we can lock bigger and bigger clients so we can have reputation and demonstrable expertise. And now we're at a place where, you know, I don't think we really even, you know, obviously we, we get great deal flow and we've had the opportunity to work with good businesses, but we're at a place in our development now. We, we don't, we're not focused on like building the portfolio. We're focused on, on building a, an exceptional business that, that has a great client experience. So the, your evolution in terms of needs and what you have as an agency owner, it just evolves over time and it's natural, but you need to recognize and contextualize, you know, what's, what, what are the priorities? Can you paint me a picture of Darkroom today? How many people do you have? Yeah, I can, I can take that one. Um, we hover, you know, we're about 65, 70 people. Um, right now, we're based um, out of four global hubs in New York, Los Angeles, Sao Paulo, Brazil. We focus on digital strategy, uh, which is very consultative in nature. There are a lot of data inputs that go in that. And we work with um, select B2C businesses on, on growing revenue for them. We have five serviceable expertise in customer acquisition, customer retention, creative, digital product, and data, and uh, also handle other tangential acquisition programs like Amazon or retail media. Were you focused on B2C when you initially started or was it more broad or more focused than that and then kind of arriving there? Our portfolio is always skewed B2C. It's what Jackson and I have really been attracted to in terms of like building the world's best brands. Our vision is really to be the engine for the next generation of B2C businesses. And a lot of that has been creating edge around like how digital is adapting and changing. We've had the opportunity to work with some awesome B2B businesses or, you know, businesses that aren't exactly in that strike zone on discrete projects. You know, we have a big network. People come to us. I was actually just talking to a friend. He is in New York, has a large financial institution, global financial institution, multi-billion dollar company. They want to, you know, they like our web work. They want to do some stuff with us. So, you know, those are opportunities we'll entertain, but our expertise and what we've built product, our product around is, is really been to service a B2C business. 
Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to let you know about a hosting platform that is giving digital agencies and creators around the world an edge when it comes to site speed, scalability, and profit. It's called Cloudways, and it's designed to create exceptional experiences for you and your clients that guarantees unmatched performance, reliability, and choice with 24-7 award-winning support. Cloudways is excited to offer our listeners a $50 hosting credit in addition to their amazing benefits of their agency partner program. For more details, head over to yougurus.com slash cloudways or use promo code DASCW when signing up. Let's get back to our show. Going from a couple guys uh, leaving their main things and going off on their own, what, what were some of the challenges in going from you know two people to 65 plus? Jackson, I'll let you take that one. <laughs> maybe, maybe like some of those critical, like, like I know there's always those like those like plateau points where we like we're growing and then maybe things kind of like slow down or we have to figure out like a couple of key things before that next chapter kind of unlocks. Did you find any any you know points in terms of team size where things kind of you know started to break a bit? Good question. Um, I don't know if uh, if things started to break necessarily but i will i will touch on a few kind of random things that, that we've learned along the way the first is when you're starting off there may be people that gravitate towards the the company or or you include in the formation of the company or the early early days and if you want to grow a big agency and have legacy over the long term you have to be highly critical of who's on your team i mean and, and that goes for any type of company and so I think one of the earliest lessons we learned is we kind of, we were very open with some of our friends and, and allowed them to kind of like join the team. And that turned out to, that turned into some, some pretty hard discussions when we figured out it wasn't a good fit, you know? So that was kind of early days. Um, and then, you know, we had like two or three employees for, it felt like a long time. And, you know, it wasn't until, in my recollection, it wasn't until we really honed the direction of our services, what, what direction we we're going to take and prioritized monthly recurring revenue that we realized, okay, we need to hire people that have certain expertises uh, in growth marketing specifically. And I think we did a great thing, which is we hired folks who had deep relationships in the industry already. So they were able to bring either a small book of business to the agency or at least contacts. And in this in this industry, that is like it's everything. Your your account list, your contact list, your network is really the foundation of everything. And so that allowed us to then get to the next stage and start working with bigger and bigger brands. And then and then it got to a certain point. The agency got to a certain point where we have our own brand. People recognize us. We have a plethora of case studies. And so we didn't really need to buy accounts anymore or hire for accounts, if that makes sense. The other thing that we did is we hired people who are not necessarily service contributors. They're like ops people who were extremely thoughtful in how to build from like that zero to one or one to two stage to set up all the administrative stuff, all the hiring processes, all the systems that enable you to scale in a way that doesn't want doesn't make you want to jump off a cliff. 
and allow myself and Lucas the time and space to focus on what we're really good at rather than all of like the admin stuff that that's honestly really boring to us, but maybe not to somebody else. But then I will fast forward. I think like last year, it's no secret that the tech industry and this industry experienced a lot of turmoil. There was a lot of overhiring. There was a lot of money being put into the e-commerce system. And there was a, there was a correction that came down the pike. And, um, and I think that was a good learning lesson for myself and Lucas as owners and operators to really see like, okay, actually we could be way more lean. We can ask more of our people, but not in a way that's going to like kill them, but actually force them to work smarter. Um, and we don't need some of the things that we had on our PNL. And so when you ask, you know, did, did some things break at certain milestones? I think that, that was one of those learnings was like, you know, maybe we have too many people or, or we need to consolidate some responsibilities or shift things around. And that was a huge learning and insight, I think, for us both. And now I think we're moving forward in a much more mature sort of economics 101 type of mentality, which I think is pretty cool. It's obviously it's uncomfortable and it's not like, you know, in the moment it's really hard and it takes an emotional toll. But out of that, I think comes a lot of maturity. Am I understanding correctly? You had to do some downsizing in the last year. We had to do some downsizing. Luckily, not as much as other firms or other stories that I've heard. But for sure, we 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 downsized a little bit, and we we actually restructured. We went through like an, a, a reorg, I think, that was just smarter, more thoughtful for how we approach our services. Yeah, and got got out of this like mentality or not mentality, but sort of motion of just hiring for the sake of hiring or or even looking at headcount as a vanity metric or as a success metric and more of like, you know, how can we do more with less, which is something that's important to us. Yeah, I think to Jackson's point, we went from like five to 75 employees really quickly. And that's what we were really driven by because of the explosion and interest in the space. And weren't focusing so much on like how good or what was the efficacy of our product. And I, you know, sitting here now today, which is, that's all we've done for the past year. Like you need to lead with that because it just leads to much, much better results and relationships. And if you can have positive results and relationships, like one or two, and you can one by one scale that, I mean, the network effects of, of, of that are, are, are enough to grow your business without any marketing. So, you know, I think we're right now in bear market vibes, you know, um, to Jackson's point, I think it, it's very cool. We've been very fortunate to have a cash flow business and, you know, all the agency owners listening to this podcast, you chose a good business model. And it's resilient in tough times if you develop edge and you know have good clients and are able to work with them. But being you know able to go back to the business foundations and the one on one of like you know what does good margin look like? What is accurate capacity? Let me QA and gut check every single one of my managers, which is tough to do as you get big and as you scale. It's very easy to want to delegate and offboard and just hire more people. 
but resisting those urges and just like staying in the trenches is, is very important. And so I think we are liking that, even though we might not necessarily be growing as, as quickly. Jackson, you mentioned this point earlier, and, and I do want to just give a little more time to it because I think some of our listeners might have found a, you know, a, a thoughtful insight around hiring people that have deep relationships and really good accounts. I, I know there's a lot of agency owners out there, especially earlier stage agency owners, that try to um, hire like less uh, less experienced people. I, I probably shouldn't say less skilled, but less experienced people because there's, you know, it's like, oh, I... I can't afford to hire those A players or the people that are, you know, really good at what they do. But I, I almost feel like you gave us an insight of, of maybe a, an additional benefit of hiring people that have been around for a while is that they might actually bring more business to the agency. Was that something that you realized just like after the fact of hiring like better talented people or was it something that you had set out to do intentionally? I think a mix of both. I think uh, it was definitely more of a retrospect you know, insight, hindsight is twenty twenty, And we, we, you know, looking back, we're like, oh, wow, that person or those set of people did help us get to that next level. And we may be, you know, we may feel, Luke and I may feel that we're, we're now leagues ahead of where that was, but it, 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 you kind of have to like jump leagues, league to league in a linear kind of way, if, I'm, if that makes any sense. And so, yeah, and I, but I do think at the time it was like, okay, this person is a bit more senior. They have relationships with these companies. Great. That's an added benefit. It's a huge perk for us. And that definitely plays a role for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I would say that like even a, a more, a less senior person could have those relationships too. I mean, I, I think that more people need to use social media to their advantage like I've been, I got on Twitter for just, this is an example. I got on Twitter so late and still like it boggles my mind that I could DM, you know, like I feel like I could DM, this is a super specific example, Scott Belsky, who's the head of product at Adobe. He's one of my heroes. I feel like I could DM him and I'd have a pretty good chance of him replying to me. And that's just insane when you think about that. So I do think that more people, what, no matter what stage you're at, if you're an individual individual contributor at an agency or at a brand or whatever, like definitely start networking and and not to be salesy, just to be like, just to shake hands virtually. I think is a huge unlock. Um, it can bring a lot to the table if you're trying to get hired at a at an agency, for sure. Is there anything that you're doing? I mean, besides having great case studies, I mean, you have a lot of really awesome stuff on on your website. What else are you all doing to connect with clients? I mean, just, you know, some of the clients we mentioned in your intro or Crate and Barrel. I mean, you have some major B2C brands as customers. I mean, is it is that happening just purely through those relationships or are you are you doing anything to get in front of those types of companies? We're doing a lot more now, just as we think about like, really scaling the business to, you know, beyond like founder led sales or small sales team led sales, like an outbound function. You know, we're really thinking about building like a heritage agency here and the financial targets there necessitate like proven systems and processes. So now we're doing tons of events. Um, we're doing a lot of more thoughtful marketing. But I think, you know, before it was really understanding what brands were going to open doors for us and, you know, 
striking up the right conversations, connecting with the right people, uh, a lot of hand-to-hand combat. And it's both those conversations that you're having, but then also creating an identity behind the agency and you know, presenting the work that we do to attract those types of businesses. That's what we've been all about. But, you know, it always, it wasn't always like that. So like our first couple brands, I remember, you know, one of the clients on our website, Vibes, I remember the first, we talked to Jonathan Epper, who's his co-founder. First thing we pitched them, I think was like a photo shoot back in the day for free. Just like, Hey, John, send me product. Like, let's show you what we can do to open up the relationship. And, you know, people appreciate that. And it wasn't about monetizing. It was just about building the portfolio. So I think the strategies have always changed as, the agency has has grown, and now you know we're our minimum contracts are you know six figures, and you know we we're talking to a lot of different brands, and we're being selective about who we're bringing on board. So the nature of our sales function has just changed today. Did they take you up on the free photo shoot? <laughs> Personally, we're not mixing that in anymore, but we should be. Or you mean <laughs> for vibes? But did, did vibes take you up on the free photo shoot, or was it just like a door opener? Yeah, I mean, no, that's how we started the relationship. And we delivered some great content there that they ended up using. Nice. Yeah. Was that something one of you two did or like in terms of the photos? Or do you have to, did you have a team member that was able to deliver on that? Yeah, we We had a team member back in the day. We we had a team member. We were on site though. Yeah, we were, we were definitely there. We were, you know, at the beginning, we were micromanaging everything. It's funny. And I actually, I think we may get to this later on, but. In the beginning, we were the team that was doing everything. And then we scaled and became more figurehead. And now we're kind of going back to getting really in the trenches because that's what's necessary. And I definitely want to speak to that. But but yeah, just to answer your question. Yeah, we were we were there. We were doing the work. Well, yeah, let's uh, let's let's hit that a little bit. So so when you say you have to get back in the trenches, I mean, isn't that a little bit counter to kind of the e-myth uh, dogma of, you know, not being the, the pie maker, but, you know, building the, the system. So, I, Lucas, I'd love your take on this, but let me just start because I've been thinking a lot about this. So I think it's a common I, misconception, maybe the wrong word, but I'll just use it, misconception that as you grow the business, you as the owner-operator should be able to just extract yourself from everything and just sort of detach and be this like figurehead type of person. If that is what you want, if you want to go lounge on a beach in Mexico, then that might be the the roadmap for you. What we found is that owners, operators who really focus on product and tie their product and their marketing together in a very integrated way, and not only their product and marketing, but really everything at the organization, they're hiring, you know, their some of their ops functions, like everything together. Everyone is working towards the same goal. Everyone is understanding what changes need to be made and are being made at the organization. And so what we what we were doing when we scaled from five to 75 people was placing managers over these different departments and then just communicating objectives or things that needed to get done uh, to improve our processes at the agency. And just sort of expecting that everyone was going to get it and just start to build it themselves autonomously. But when you're working with that many people 
and those people are also simultaneously working on client accounts, there's a lot of stuff that they're doing. They're just inundated during their day. And it's very hard for them to kind of band together and just build process or improve your service or your product by themselves. And so what Lucas and I are doing now is getting way more, just zooming way more into what's actually happening on a day-to-day basis, on, on client calls, on internal calls, to really fundamentally understand what our product actually, what our product experience really is. And because we're agency owners, we're dealing with people, we're, we're really a service business. I'm just using product to mean service. It's the same as like if, I, if we were building, you know, the next iPhone, like using that every day for every little thing would be paramount in making the best product possible. So I think just being really product centric, product obsessed and focusing on a few things at a time, making sure those things are done well and get fully integrated into your processes, your services is what I mean by getting back into the trenches, as opposed to just, you know, communicating from an ivory tower and expecting that things are are going well. Yeah, I'll add to that. I think we're learning that you really you need to do that. And that's that's the advantage that you have as an agency over owner of like having the vision and making sure that it's being executed on on each on every single client account. You can build systems and you can build culture to reinforce the actions and activities that you want to see. And you need to be doing that. But I think as a founder, it's really important to make sure that the direction of the agency is being maintained at, at, at every single interval. So that's why we restructured and we're being a lot more deliberate about it. It's not like Jackson and I are actively doing client services. We're not on staffed on client accounts. We're just making sure our team and our resources, they, they know what they need to be doing. That, and we're giving them the proper support to deliver the best possible customer experience. Hey, agency owners, are you looking for a strategic and reliable white label partner to scale your agency business? E2M is the number one white label partner for digital agencies when it comes to website design, web development, e-commerce, SEO, and content writing. E2M is trusted by over 150 agency partners and has been providing white label services for the last 10 years. Their team has over 170 experts and is on a mission to help 500 agencies increase their revenue and profit margins with impactful white label services. Check out their transparent and flexible white label pricing at e2msolutions.com forward slash gurus. That's www.e, the number two, msolutions.com forward slash u-g-u-r-u-s. E2M is currently running a special discount for 10% off for your first three months. Check it out now. It's available for a limited time. I love that for a message to our uh, our audience because I think sometimes the goal is to get out of all of that stuff and and maybe a lot of people lose touch with what their company's doing or what the impact of the work is that they're having. So I think it, you know you can do that. I mean you can do that and build you know a lifestyle business that cash flows and you're assessing what the churn and the new client onboarding risk looks like. I would say from a growth marketing perspective, like we're managing revenue growth for our clients. That's a, that's a big responsibility. Basically, if, if there's a market downturn or the business isn't growing, you're, you're getting fired. So we've, in the position we're in, we really need to deliver to retain clients 
month over month. So our product efficacy is super important. And then the second thing is like Jackson and I as co-founders have been very deliberate about communicating what our goals are for the business. Like what we want individually and professionally. And we have very ambitious goals and targets for this company. And in order to hit those, we need to, you know, dedicate a lot, a lot of time to, to the product. Um, we can't just be, you know, founders who are, who are checking out. And we went through that phase, you know, where we kind of took our foot off the gas a little bit because the business was growing and we hired a lot of people. And, you know, it, it never, I, I just don't think it ever really gets easier in the way that you think it is going to. So, yeah. Well, Lucas and Jackson, this has been a, a fun interview. Do you guys have a few minutes to stick around for our lightning round? Sure. Sure thing. All right, Lucas, we'll start off with you, man. What is the best advice you've ever received? If you're going to do anything, make sure you, you do it as best as you can. You do it well. Jackson, best advice for you? When in doubt, when facing a challenge, start from scratch or zoom out to the big picture before just following the status quo. For Lucas, which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? I'm pretty uh, manic. <laughs> I'm very... Uh, <laughs> like, and I wouldn't say neurotic, but I'm like, you know, I fixate. I get I obsess. So I think that's, that's been an inherited genetic habit that's contributed to my success. Jackson, personal habit that's contributed most to your success? Just, just whenever I have an idea of something, just, just doing it, <laughs> just not, uh, not creating barriers, mental or otherwise, in, in, in trying that thing out, and, uh, and just being persistent. Lucas, can you share an internet resource or tool or app that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable? Yeah, Jackson's going to say the same thing. I think Notion has been the best tool ever. It's really changed our, our business. So if you're not using Notion, definitely use Notion. Jackson, are you going to second that tool recommendation or do you have a different one? Definitely second that. And I'll just add like the way you use Notion has been so helpful for me and Lucas as well. Um, treating yourself like a business in the sense that you're setting objectives and projects and a, and a select few of them like per quarter uh, that you want to achieve is really helpful and Notion's a great way to like visualize that and keep track of that. Lucas, what book would you recommend for our listeners? Um, I just got a book called Dedicated. It's basically like getting commitment in a world of like endless scrolling. I really like that as we think about getting our clients to commit, getting employees to commit to like a, a greater mission or a greater relationship. So I, I'll recommend that book. Jackson, what's your book book recommendation? Called The Great CEO Within by Matt Mockery. I think Lucas and I have both read this. It's extremely tactical. Um, you could probably read it in a weekend and really applies to like any business. But if you're starting an agency or trying to scale your agency, has a lot of great frameworks in there that are going to apply to your business tomorrow. Awesome. Well, gents, we will link out to Dedicated as well as The Great CEO Within and Notion over on our show notes page for our listeners. So go to yougurus.com forward slash podcast. If you listen to this week of, you'll see a picture of Lucas and Jackson up at the top. Click on them and you'll see lots of takeaways, gold nuggets, and links out to those awesome resources for you all in one place. 
How can folks find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? For me, just LinkedIn, Twitter, Darkroom Lucas, uh, Lucas T. Antonio, um, or you know, you can visit my personal website. Same, LinkedIn's probably the best place to connect with me. Awesome. Well, we will link out to your social profiles as well as Dark Room Agency. So if you're listening today and you want to check out what Lucas Jackson and their great team have been up to, check it out at yougurus.com forward slash podcast and we'll link out to those. So you guys can get some some super fans from today's episode. The other thing I'll just plug is uh, we do a monthly event with Shopify called Office Hours at their Soho location. So if you want to join that, we also do night school events where we get really tactical. But just go over to darkroomagency.com and sign up for our email list. We send updates to those events pretty frequently. Awesome, guys. Well, if you are in, uh, in the Soho area or just generally in New York City, check that out. And uh, that's cool. Awesome. Love to see some folks uh, hanging out in, uh, at the Shopify offices or doing those events. So that's very cool. Yeah, check that out. Darkroom Agency. Uh, on our show notes, yougurus.com slash podcast. Guys, thanks for stopping by today. Thanks, yeah, I appreciate it, Brent. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. We put together an agency accelerator package for agency owners and growing freelancers looking to scale. We've got all kinds of free resources like the 39 lead gen strategies checklist, our $20,000 website proposal template, live trainings hosted by yours truly, free access to our community group, and much, much more. Get access now and dive in at yougurus.com forward slash agency. That's yougurus.com forward slash agency.